0: Hey there, welcome to the Grace Rancho weekly podcast where our goal is to help you, our church members, better understand the what and the why behind all we do here as a church. My name is Michael. I'm here with Pastor Eric as
1: always. Uh, Was that introduction that you just did... um were you a little more rusty? Why are you always talking about the introduction? Were you a little like more rusty than usual? I mean, we haven't done a podcast um, for two, three weeks, maybe. We haven't.
0: I think I'm, you know, it's Monday afternoon I'm foggy. You, but I didn't misspeak.
1: You were gone last week? I was. I was on vacation. What happened the last two weeks prior to that? I mean, some people it's, are waiting to get their I know, podcast. Just itching. The Grace Rancho Weekly Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Weekly is a trick. It's. um. It's a general term. All right, let's jump into it. They don't want to listen to us banter. Today. No
0: one likes banter today the podcast. Today, we of are talking about church
1: attendance. An interesting topic for us to talk about, don't you think? Would we really need to talk about church attendance? Everyone um, knows that, you know, church attendance is uh, I think, important. I think that most people know. I
0: think that people in our church know. I think maybe after this past year a lot of people around don't know. Mm. Because they've grown accustomed to just
1: watching church online. Yeah. Well that is that is part of why we wanted to put for together. For those of you
0: watching in 2025 yes I am referencing the,
1: the 2020 COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic. We thought it would be good to talk about church attendance just in general talk about Um, why it matters, what we think about it, what are good reasons to not come to church. Um, And we want to do that because there's a lot of people asking those questions. There's a lot of uh, those issues, the scenarios, in our lives right now related to the, the pandemic that have caused us to just kind of wonder, well, how important is it to actually come to church? Is it valid? To be able to just not come, to just watch online. Is that a good substitute for our church attendance?
0: Yeah. And and I I think also just thinking about it, it is something that we think is important as a church and our people get that, but let's talk about it so that we continue thinking about it because it's something that could easily not be thought of or slip off our radar. It's not the biggest deal in the world, but it's not a small deal.
1: It's something that we all do, but do we understand the biblical why do we understand the theological fright that's underneath that commitment we've made?
0: Yeah. Is it just what you do or is there a good reason? There's a good reason. All right. So, so let's look at some scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's answer the question. Church attendance. Is this a big deal or a little deal? Uh, answer is big deal. Oh, and well, I was hoping you'd answer after you read the Bible.
1: Yeah. I got a, I got my <laughs> Bible open into Ephesians, um, I got Ephesians open. You got Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 right in front of me. And those three chapters, if you want a, a picture of the, the church that will maybe help you see the, the glory of the church, the wonder of the church, and what Christ is doing in the church, just read those chapters and, and try to understand what Christ has done, what God has done. Uh, so Ephesians 1, you get God the Father predestining uh, people for himself Uh, to be adopted as his people. They're redeemed by the blood of the son and then they're sealed by the spirit. This is all just chapter one, first part of it chapter two go he goes into kind of the testimony of every believer dead in their trespasses and sins and then god makes them alive by putting them in christ and then god sets them apart for good works that they might walk in him all of this is by grace so ephesians is painting this picture of god's eternal redemptive plan that's in like uh verse 11 um this idea that this the counsel of God's will, this eternal purpose that God has is to uh, predestined, redeem, and then seal with the Holy Spirit, bringing them from spiritual death into spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of chapter two, there's this whole section about uniting us together. So Jews and Gentiles united together in the spirit um, to become one we're one in christ we we have access in one spirit to the father it says we are no longer strangers and aliens but we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of god so this idea of this we're god's family now all of us together are by the blood of christ reconciled not only to God, but to one another, uh, where there's peace with us, and we become this corporate body, the, the church, is a holy temple to the Lord, chapter two, verse 21 says, and then it says, in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. I mean, that's a Trinitarian reality, that God is building us in Christ by the Spirit, uh, the, the, the church is to be all for his glory it is what he's doing in the world um, and then in chapter 3 one of my favorite passages about the church when Paul's talking about his own um, his own ministry he says so that this is verse 10 through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places Uh Paul was given the um, calling to preach the gospel of grace so that God's majestic wisdom, manifold wisdom, would be made known not only to the church, Mm -hmm. but to all. uh, it It says all authorities and rulers in the heavenly places. In other words, angels, demons, the whole spirit realm would look at the church and see the amazing glory of the wisdom of God. And so, what we are being a part of is something that's a uh, something that God is putting on display to all the universe. The church is like His trophy, His prize trophy that He holds up to all the universe and says, "Look at how majestic and glorious and wise I am." So, to be a part of a church is a wonder, amazing privilege, uh, the highest privilege. So, so often we think of being a part of the church is mm-hmm. just show up on Sunday. No, it's elect by the father, redeemed by the son, sealed with the spirit, brought together all for the purpose of glorifying his name amidst the entire universe. And
0: those truths play out in the lives of individual Christians in large part in the
1: local church. Yeah, those reality. I mean, that is Yeah. what God is doing in this creation um, to show his glory is in and through the local church. We show up and we get to be a part of that. The, lo- the, the church
0: is no small deal. The, uh, as it plays out in the local church, no small deal. This is a big deal. God's working through this. Yep. Don't diminish that. Yep, which is why Hebrews but 10 will say. In general, you should value the church is kind of what you're saying.
1: Well, if Christ died for the church and we want to be like Jesus, then what should we do? If he loved the church like a bride, then what should we do? we should love the church and serve the church, mm-hmm. live and die for the Sacrifice church. Sacrifice for it. Right. So, I mean, the the Hebrews 10 is usually the, the first passage we go to when we're trying to talk about church attendance and you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together and encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Um, but, but that's really an obvious instruction once we've understood what the church is and how we've been called into it. And so the author of Hebrews are like, yeah, this is so important. Make it a part of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, First Peter two, that Christ is the chief cornerstone. We are all like living stones being built up in him. So there's a, as we are brought near to Christ, we also find ourselves being built into one another. We need each other. Um, The body analogy first Corinthians 12, if you didn't have eyes, that would be a big problem. Wouldn't it? Big deal. Yeah. Um, if you didn't have ears, you might. We would not be having this conversation. We would not be having right this conversation. And it's. And then the New Testament, there in 1 Corinthians 12, presents us, each Christian, as only like one sense like I'm an eye or I'm a nose or I'm an ear. Mm-hmm. I don't have these other parts if I'm not with my church. I need them. You need the rest of the church to, in summary, complete. Yeah. you or complete the church as yeah. it's meant to be. Yeah. Cause the body, yeah, it's a composite reality made up of all kinds of different people. No, and you need the rest of them. And the, no part is disposable. Yeah. And that they, they need you that got it or ordained uh, you and your giftedness. Uh, if, you, if you've been saved, redeemed, brought into a body, you're part of that. You need to be there for them. They need you.
0: So big deal because of, and some part the nature of the church Mm-hmm. what Christ has done, how he's called us, what he's called us to be, the fact that we're told, hey, gather together. It's no light thing. And then like you're saying, the fact that we are all needed for the health of the church.
1: Yeah. We, we sometimes in our membership class, we are needy and we are needed. Mm-hmm. That's what we say a lot. I think it's a good way to summarize how God ordained or, or organized the church. We are needy. We need the ministry of other believers that are different than us uh, and we are needed. God has gifted us to serve others. Uh, we need to invest in them. Now, I could almost hear someone saying, okay, but I can do all those things without going to church on Sunday. I can you know, encourage someone over the phone. Sure. I can send them good text messages or I can email the elder uh, an encouraging note or something. Like why, why Sunday mornings,
0: Michael? Why Sunday mornings? Yeah. I thought you were gonna answer your own question. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know know what answer you're thinking of. The first thing that pops into my mind is when these things were written and Paul's assuming you need to be with the body, go gather, do these things, build up the body, in love in the way you act towards one another and caring for one another, loving one another, even correcting one another, um, praying for one another. His context does not allow you to do that virtually.
1: Right.
0: And I don't think we should assume otherwise. I don't think we should assume that we're meant to do that virtually. Every person after this last year will tell you doing things in person is far more different Unique and valuable, even if it's just an in person meeting rather than a conference call. You don't have the same value that comes out of it or goes into it because it's different and it's impersonal and it's not the same. Mm -hmm. So much more so with spiritual realities, person to person, relationship to relationship in the body of Christ.
1: Yeah. In addition to that, I think you're absolutely right. In addition to that, I think, um, the fact that God gave us ordinances that are very tangible that you really can't and you know truly participate in unless you're physically in the same place. Ordinances are not for individual Christians.
0: No, that that's Communion is not to do by yourself at home. Don't go baptizing anybody in your bathtub by yourself at oh, home. <laughs> that's a sillier one to think of, but they're not separate from one another. No. They're meant to be done as a gathered body of believers, which is why we didn't take communion when we were doing
1: when we couldn't all gather preaching, and yeah, when we couldn't I, all gather, call it a
0: virtual gathering because it's not a gathering. Yeah,
1: when we couldn't, we weren't we weren't doing that. Yep. And God uh, has intends to bless us through the ordinances, through the uh, participation of baptism in the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. So, if you miss church regularly, and let's say you so happen to miss miss the last. Sunday of every month, and you're missing us taking communion on a regular basis, you are missing out on a blessing that God has for you. It's like you're missing dinner several nights in a row, mm. or missing meals. You're going without a food that God wants you to have, Yeah, a, a meal that is meant to nourish your soul, and, and that is to be done in person with your church family, looking around, remembering the gospel together, singing these songs together. Um, And so the ordinances are another reminder of the, the priority of actual physical gathering together. And something,
0: when we take communion, we're unified as a body. We often remember the cross, what Christ has done, his future coming as we gather generally, but we're commanded to take communion. We take communion together and there's a special unity. I think that happens when we
1: take communion together. Mm -hmm. So we also, yeah, we're meant to look around and remember our commitments to one another.
0: So being at church is important because the nature of the church, what Christ has done in saving a people to himself, um, unifying them binding them to one another um the fact that he sacrificed himself for these people should make them important also the fact that we've been commanded together in hebrews 10 and that in some regard every christian as part of a local church is indispensable right because it's a member of the body mm-hmm. it's kind of what you're saying along with the ordinances yes the nature of the ordinances are corporate we do them together we're blessed by them as we do them together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So as we move on from that, um, as we consider church attendance, we probably don't want to be super, super legalistic about it, but we also don't want to be totally liberal about it and say it doesn't
1: matter. Yeah. Yeah. So uh on the liberal side, like there's a mindset that is pretty common in our particular individualistic American Christianity that says, well, wherever I feel most worshipful, um, that's where I should be to worship God. So if it's a hike through the mountains or it's a walk on the beach or it's staying in your garden or wherever, as long as I'm worshiping God, then that's fine. But, but that's actually not the Bible teaches. The Bible gives us commands to gather because there's something very unique about the corporate gathering. It's the corporate gathering. Isn't primarily about how you feel worshiping. Um, It's also about uh, how you serve others, how you Mm -hmm. bless others, how you sing to God and to others. Um, It's not about us. It's about us together worshiping God. So um, we're not liberal and just saying, you know, do it how you want. Do it how you want it, where you want it, when you want it. But but legalism would be to um, to think that this is a, a work that is added to our salvation that we must do in order to be saved. Um, it's a command, so we can't be so fixed on grace to the denial of actual commands. The Bible affirms both that there is grace that saves, Mm -hmm. but we are saved unto good works. And one of the good works God has commanded us to do is to regularly gather. So we don't want to make that into a salvific law, but we do want to make it into a uh, command of God in light of the grace of God and treat it that way. And
0: within that, much of the other good works that Christ has laid out for us to do happen. Yeah. At the gathering of the local church. All right. A couple questions. Let's, let's run through some scenarios. What are good reasons to miss church? I'll throw something at you. Give us your thoughts on it.
1: Got it. Sickness. Number one. Uh, Yes. That, that can be a good reason to miss church. If you have a little sniffly nose, you can probably come to church anyway. Uh, Not any sickness at all ever. Um, Some sicknesses are, yeah, you can come. It's fine. No big deal. If, if you can. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's other sicknesses. There times you can't. Yeah, you just can't. You, you shouldn't, and you can stay home. Stay and home from work, you stay home not, from church. Yeah, you should not feel guilty about that. Family emergencies. Yes. Uh, the Bible says if you don't take care of your own family, you're worse than an unbeliever. So if you have a family emergency and you're saying, nope, got to go to church, can't help. That would be uh, a idea. bad idea. Serve your family. Um, take care of those emergencies. We have some families, um, you were one of them, they have baby this year. And that means for some of them, you're out of church for a number of Sundays because yeah. it's a whole
0: life Ezra was born on a Saturday at 4 p.m. Yeah, you not, not go to church, to church on the Sunday. next day.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then the mom usually is out of church for a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, they're adjusting and, and then having a baby is just, full-time demand. So yeah, that can be a, a really valid and legitimate time to not show up to church on Sunday. Family vacation. Uh, yes.
0: Um, or, think, you know, vacation. That yeah. Be family you're vacation. away
1: on vacation, I think is a valid time. Um, I would, I would provide a little caveat. Like if you're, a re- retired and you're able to vacation every weekend and you show <laughs> up to church like twice a year because you're always on vacation. That's a big problem because you're really not able to fulfill your commitments to the body of Christ. Um, but, um, and even, and there's, you know, there's times that we really can drift into a self-centered lifestyle where mm. we are vacationing, vacationing far too much. And, and there's no biblical line for that. Like, how many weeks of the year, weekends of the year is too many. So, I, I can't give a, f- a clear, like, once you've, you know, gone on this many vacations, it's too much. But it could, with the rest of life and maybe other things you
0: need to do, you're going out of town for to visit a family for yeah. a holiday or, or your family or whatever.
1: It could pile on and now you're gone every other week. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Th- there's something about, there's some a wisdom in uh, evaluating. I think that tends to happen in some families where they go, well, we just like to vacation, and um, so every other week they're gone somewhere else, and they don't even realize how you know infrequent they are at church because it's just so built into their schedule. But a legitimate vacation um, or a legitimate getaway from church on a vacation where you know from time to time a couple. You know, A few times a year, you get away with your family and you happen to miss a Sunday morning, that's a that's fair, that's a valid thing. I, I would not see that as forsaking your church family. Whereas some of these other scenarios we're talking about could kind of be like forsaking your church family. Sure. Um, yeah. What about physical limitations? Yeah, I think uh, we have shut-ins. A shut-in is someone who is um, a member of our church but due to physical limitations, due to health, uh, they, they really cannot come. And they would love to, but they're unable to. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Lord gives them special grace for those kind of difficult situations and the church body needs to rally around them and help them um, in special ways because they can't gather. But yeah, I think that's a, that's a legitimate reason to miss church. You really physically cannot do it. Here's one from this past year,
0: sort of. I might get sick and get others sick.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we stopped gathering for that reason, didn't we? I mean, that's what every church did in the first couple weeks when there was no certainty about anything and no clarity on the virus itself. So... In, in theory, yeah, like that can be a good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also could be a bad reason. It could be a bad reason if you make that as a long-term, like this is my um, choice is I won't go to church because I might get sick and I might get other sick, that would be wrong. Um, and, and suppose COVID were to come and be here forever, it just became a part of life, like you might is- get it. Yeah. The noonday sun. Yeah, let's say it's just there. Uh, it would be wrong to make that decision to say, I'm not going to church because I might get COVID um, and I might get others sick. That would be a wrong choice because God has commanded us to gather <laughs> and there is inherent risk. shouldn't be indefinite. It shouldn't be indefinite. We need to gather at some point. So um, there's inherent risk in everything. Uh, Safety first is a bad way to live. It's not a biblical way to live. Uh, Consider safety, uh, be wise, but glory of God first and obedience first. And and then, you know, let the chips fall Mm -hmm. where they may in terms of sickness. What about something
0: along the lines of the child
1: care doesn't meet our needs at church. Yeah, so you have little ones and it's really hard especially when, you know, over the pandemic we didn't have the best child care and didn't mm-hmm. have all the classes set up. Or, so or we didn't have any. For or any, so babies are, you know, having to make it through that Wily long long winded preacher's sermon. Um, yeah, I mean when in those situations, I would say that do all you can to get the help from your church family that you can. Uh, ask for prayer. Uh, Talk to others and get wisdom and advice for how to manage it. Talk to the elders if there's particular ways they can care for you. I think they'd try to help. Um, Many members would be willing to jump in and (laughs) help you out somehow. Absolutely. And and so I would say do all you can to to make it anyway. There's probably special instances here where a child has particular
0: needs or a disability of some kind where that would make it even harder. Yeah. And and that would be one where maybe the childcare really can't meet your needs, but perhaps the larger church can. Yeah. And we'd say, Hey, we want to do everything we can to help you get here.
1: Yeah. So, so if you're one of those people, you're just like, man, I don't know if we can come because of these needs that we have with our kids. Um, Don't write yourself off. Ask for help. Like ask for your, your church family to help you out. And even if they don't have an immediate answer to start thinking and praying with you um, to to make it so it's possible for you to get to church.
0: What about two different kinds of individuals here? Um, The people that say, I I don't need to come to church that much because I'm fed. I read my Bible. I pray. uh, You know, I listen to sermons online. Then also the other person that might say, well, I don't need to come because... People don't need me. Yeah. I, I, I don't have much to offer.
1: Yeah, the first guy who says he doesn't need it that much because he reads his Bible, listens to sermons, and is doing okay without us um, is in a very dangerous position and is. Uh, he's deceived. I think he's in a place where the enemy wants him to be. He's, he's not meeting with the body of Christ and so he's cut off from them. He's unable to serve the body of Christ because he's not gathering with them. He's left spiritually vulnerable because he's not participating in the ordinances that God has given him. He's not being fed, uh, he, he's not being fed. He thinks he's being fed because he reads his Bible and he listens to sermons, um, but he's not being fed in the way God intends for him to be fed because God intends for him to be fed by a living flesh and blood preacher in a living flesh and blood body of believers around him who are watching him live who know him personally and he's not being fed because he's not participating in communion he's not watching and welcoming mem- new members in baptism mm-hmm. um, he has deceived himself thinking he's okay i don't need you so he's like a guy i've heard the analogy driving on a mountain highway with no headlights like mm. you might you know make it for a while but it's not going to be long before you before you fall off. You're, you're driving at the night and, and there's going to be a curve that you don't see. You need other eyes. You need the light of God's word and God's people around you. Without them, you're going to eventually, uh, you're going to stumble and fall. So yeah, that guy's deceived. Um, he is not much as mature as he thinks he is. He has misunderstood so much about himself, about the Bible, about God's word, about God's church. And so he needs to to grow up a little bit in understanding his mm-hmm. of his own responsibilities for other people.
0: And what about the person that says, ah, they don't need
1: me there. I don't yeah. have
0: much to offer.
1: That's a kind of different form of pride. Um, That's it, the kind of uh, thinking that ignores uh, what God says about who is needed in the body of Christ um, and how that person can serve the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, I believe it's 21, says the the weaker or lesser parts of the body are indispensable. That's the word that Paul uses. So if you are the kind of person who thinks, yeah, what do I have to offer? I'm a, you know, woe is me. Who am I? I don't have anything to offer. Paul will look at you and say, you're indispensable to the body. Don't look, don't think any otherwise. Um, The very fact that when you show up to church, you're saying to everyone there, without any words your action is saying this matters god matters his word matters and then you're saying to every church member you matter Mm -hmm. and i am not going to miss this and so you're serving in that way um i've told people in the past if particularly if they're discouraged or they've been going through sin and they're trying to like get on the right path and one of the ways you help them is to tell them to start serving but often the very first place they need to start is just to say, show up to church every single Sunday. Yeah. Don't miss it. And when you get there, sing loud and and meet the two people next to you and listen to them and try to get to know them and pray, you know, pray with the body and listen to the sermon and yeah. E-
0: even that person who is discouraged, maybe going through a sorrowful time mm-hmm they might not have anything to offer at all. They might have a hard time singing loudly and joyfully, mm-hmm. but they need the people at church to be in their lives, to help them through this, to encourage them, um, to give them guidance and wisdom. Well, yep, that's right. Um, you know, I'm really thankful that our church gets the importance of being here, of I gathering. Think we, I think, I, I, I think general, our church yes. members are, are uh, wonderful at that. And I'm thankful, um, that it's prioritized here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Book recommendation?
1: Yeah. Um, you threw me off. I wanted to say, I wanted to read that Don Whitney oh, quote. Oh, we've got a quote here. I'm okay, read here. read your quote. Which actually it's I a could, good one, it's a good quote. I could uh, also recommend the book that this is from. Do both, and in, in the other book recommendation. Uh, Don Whitney said, This I think it's a good one that you can remember. If you can miss church and not miss church, then something is absent from your heart and faith. If you cannot be there and be fine with it. Yeah, it doesn't hurt you a little bit. It doesn't ache a little bit. If you can miss church without missing church, something's wrong. Mm. So that's a good little diagnostic question. Or, or how often do you miss church? For what reason do you miss miss church? And when you do miss church, are, do people know why you miss church? Did you tell anyone? And does it kind of ache a little bit that you didn't get to be a part of that? You didn't get to have that opportunity to serve yeah. and encourage everyone there. Um, so uh, think about that. All right. So the the recommendation, Don Whitney's book. Man, I wasn't prepared, so I didn't write down. I think it's like 12 questions to ask about church health or something. Or no, it might be. Is that an article? No, 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 Okay, he has spiritual disciplines for the Christian life, which is really good, but he also has spiritual, dis. oh, here it is, 10 questions. Nope, that's not it either. I'm on Amazon going (laughs) down. There's like something about his- uh... Frantic. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. Are you sure this isn't an article? Yeah, I am. Okay, you're going to edit out some of this uh, blank space. There it is. No, nope, that's the same book in Spanish. All right, your second book recommendation. No, no, oh, about it. <laughs> Spiritual Disciplines Within the Church by Don nice. Whitney. Spiritual Disciplines Within the Church, Participating Fully in the Body of Christ. Sounds like a good book. There you go. And then I did write a little book for our church called Going to Church. And it's really short, but it's uh, meant to encourage people to make church a priority and then how they can make it a priority in their lives. How can they maximize Sunday mornings and everything we do to make it um, a really productive, fruitful time gathering? So We
0: printed a bunch of copies of those. And we will if give someone's them a member, for free. If someone's a member and they would love to read that to be better equipped to be involved in the body, can they just have a copy?
1: Yes, they can. Sweet. Email, call, stop by, text. We'll give you one. We'll see y'all soon. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> Woo!